A very good morning to you. And now on RTHK, it's time for a letter to Hong Kong with legislator Dennis Kwok, representing the legal functional constituency from the Civic Party. This recording was made before the chief executive's announcement to suspend the extradition bill yesterday. The following program is a personal view program. To my dearest Hong Kong, I'm honoured to address the people who have proven that despite the hurdles they may face, and the false justifications that may be spewed by mainland agenda-heavy politicians to justify the endangerment of our most cherished principles. They will not falter to unite in peaceful opposition, as we have seen over the extradition issue. The spring of 2019 has staged the largest protests since the Umbrella Movement, and some argue the biggest rallies since the Hanover in 1997. On Sunday, 29th of April, we were more than 130,000 strong. On Sunday, 9th of June, we were over a million. Over a million in a population of 7.5 million. Let that sink in for a moment. Come Wednesday, June 12th, thousands of young people and other opponents of the bill gathered around Lechko and pressured the government not to table this controversial bill during its second reading. Hong Kong, I admire you. I admire your resilience. I admire your courage. I admire your power. It would be so easy to accept for given the words of politicians, such as those of Mr. Holden Chow, who said in his letter to Hong Kong, rather ironically and incoherently, a picture of a Hong Kong prey to ruthless criminals. Indeed, the Victoria Harbour seems but a large swarm of loopholes where all run from justice quote and unquote, scot-free. Hong Kong can still boast of an independent judiciary. The existence of a robust rule of law and a clear and fair legal system, which more than meets international standards, unlike that of the mainland. The basic law and the one country, two system principles assure our civil liberties, our human rights and our autonomy, all which, unlike the pro-Beijing parties, we refuse to abandon. The proposed extradition bill, if passed, would threaten all of this. Our city is not at the moment the quote-unquote criminal backwater of Asia, as my friend Ronnie Tong put it during our debate on the matter of extradition at the Foreign Correspondent Club. However, if our system is quashed by the government through false pretense, we will become the backwaters of the People's Republic of China. Under false pretense, because it is obvious that the Taiwan murder case, though truly deplorable, is not the reason for the Secretary of Security and the government's proposed amendments to the 1997 Fugitives or Offenders Ordinance and the Mutual Assistance in Legal Matters Agreement. I do feel sincerely for the loss of the young victim's family, and it is mine and the Pan-Democrats' hope that justice will be served. Yet I do wonder what is most deplorable to the DAB, filibustering or using the loss of life and the pain of a family to justify the advancement of an agenda which has been waiting for the opportune moment to be pushed into the limelight? Sadly, we all know this case is being politicized to serve the higher interests of those whom would willingly make puppets of all Legislative Council members. However, Hong Kong and its people have proven that they will neither be manipulated nor silenced. The world looks at Hong Kong in amazement. For in truth, I can think of very few places where a gathering of so many remains peaceful, where thousands of young people stand united together, share resources, and look out for each other.
We see all generations of Hong Kong represented in these gatherings, with foreigners and expats who call our city home also joining in to oppose the derogation of our basic civil liberties and rights. The calm and the organization in these protests is bewildering. The trash is clear, water is passed around, ambulances and other helpers applaud. Of course, there is some notable tension. I understand there can be frustration around the barricades, but people stood their ground in peace. It is important to remember that the very few who might engage with law enforcement at times do not speak for the whole. Hong Kongers are peaceful and respectful. We stand and we chant. We wrap white roses on iron gates and build protective barricades. The overwhelming solidarity and peace of young people was shockingly met with violence initiated by the government. Carrie Lam's government chose to clamp down on people by surrounding them, sending in their technical units to instill fear among them by using real weapons meant to injure those who would not back down. The scale of violence was unprecedented. Pepper spray meant to disperse the young people by burning their skin was used early on Wednesday. Quantities of tear gas canisters, reminiscence of 2014, was thrown into crowds from heights and even onto the footbridges. The police armed in riot gear closed in on the protesters from the side on Connaught Road and Queensway, making them an easy target for the lung, eye, tearing substance that they threw with intent to harm. Worse, while young people stood with an umbrella in one arm and saline solution in the other, the police shot rubber bullets. These violent attacks were both aimless and targeted, with horrifying incidents such as a group of officers taking down a lone protester by assaulting him with water cannons or beating down another who stood up too boldly with their batons. So far, more than 72 people are reported injured, ranging from 15 to 65, with some in critical condition. In this wake of mobilization, in this horrifying use of violence, the government announced it will not budge. Instead, it declared hours after the march on Sunday night and the protests on Sunday that it will pass the bill. Despite the Security Bureau and the Chief Executive's evident lack of regard for public opinion or condemnation of violence, the people of this criminal backwater, quote-unquote, will continue to take to the street and make their voice heard. Hong Kongers are peaceful, but they're not numb. We will fight for the respect of our autonomy. We remain an enclave of human rights and civil liberties at the footsteps of a country whose leadership do not share our values nor beliefs. A million people stood up, prioritized their ideals over other important responsibilities such as work or family because they are concerned. These forces, these individuals of all walks of life who are Hong Kongers through and through were not even deemed worth consulting by the government. It is shocking that there has been no true public consultation over the proposed amendments to the Fugitive Offenders Ordinance. Amendments which critically endanger our international community and open the floodgates to the mainland's unscrupulous legal system. No one can say this isn't controversial. No one can argue that it is only the business sector which is concerned and that the removal of nine business-related offenses is enough to disperse worries. I'm grateful for the international media who focus on our plight. I'm grateful for the legal scholars and the international politicians who have denounced Beijing's intense meddling in Hong Kong politics, along with its disregard for the one country, two system principle. However, most of all, I'm grateful for the spirit of Hong Kong. 
I admire each and everyone's courage and dedication. I know it can feel hopeless at times, but we have to carry on and urge the international community to keep supporting us. Justice prevails over brute force and oppression, but we need our allies to stand with us. In the face of David facing Goliath, our strength is in our values, and our rock is our peace. We are Hong Kong, and as Hong Kongers, we stand up for what we believe in. Yours sincerely, Dennis Kwok.